Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles, the Oklahoma's Oklahoma State football podcast. I am your host, Scott Wright, joined by Jacob Unruh. And as always, the Cowboy Chronicles podcast is brought to you by Zaxby's. Satisfy your craving for hand-breaded chicken and fresh-made salads. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. Jacob, we're back at the microphones. It has been a minute. We uh, we took a, an extended holiday break. We did. It's been a while. I hope everyone had good holidays. Right. Um, yeah. I did. I know you did. We've talked about it yeah. off the air, obviously. Um, but welcome back. Welcome to 2020. Yeah, exactly. Um, we've got a lot of unknowns right now with the football team. Mm-hmm. As, of, as of this moment, we do. We'll um, get, into, get into all of that. It's Friday morning. Yeah. Just for record. Yes. Exactly. If something happens this weekend. We do. We were not aware of it yet. Right. It's, exactly. it's Friday morning, um, but uh, a lot of exciting stuff to talk about. Yeah, there is the uh, the next uh, the next few days in Oklahoma State football could be uh, about like the next few days in Oklahoma weather. I think. Yeah. Very unpredictable and uh, and and crazy, um, and probably exciting for a whole bunch of people on some level uh, you never know who or where or when but uh that's uh that's going to be the case i think um as you said we're taping this friday morning so at this very moment oklahoma state does not have an offensive coordinator they do not know if chuba hubbard is staying for his junior year or going to the nfl both of those questions could be answered before we finish taping this podcast yeah, they can, we can get alerts on our phone we exactly can- We've uh, this has happened before. Um, I, I remember uh, we sat here and recorded the um, uh, the the podcast uh, about uh, you know what uh, the status of Spencer Sanders' injury yep. was, and then uh, and then you left and the news broke almost immediately, and I had to record a segment just by myself talking about <laughs> uh, you know to, to 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 cover up. That fantastic segment that we had, I'm yeah, sure it was amazing. It was good. It was, it was, it's uh, lost in the it's the gone uh, forever. The the space of nothing for podcasts, I guess. Exactly. It's kind of like a lot of stories we write sometimes during yes. games. They kind of just get get lost forever. Yeah, I had one of those the other night. We can talk about <laughs> yeah. that later. But um, let's uh, let's let's address the uh, the unknowns right now. Then uh, then we'll get into later some some things that we know, and we'll uh, we'll touch on some basketball stuff too as well because it's uh, an important time for uh, for the Cowboys on the court right now. So uh, let's start with Chuba Hubbard. Here as we as we sit here on the on on Friday morning, January tenth. Um, have your feelings about where he, where he's going to be playing next season changed at all? Um, I think a little. You know, if he'd have told me before the bowl game, I said he's gone. Yeah. Now I'm starting to wonder if that's the case. I'm starting to – I don't say I'm completely convinced he's staying in right. Stillwater, but 
I'm starting to go towards that direction more and more mm-hmm. each day that it takes for him to make an announcement, make yeah. a decision. Because if he was going for sure, it would have been done. Right. You know, I, the longer it drags out, the more it makes me think he's really considering staying. Yeah. I haven't uh, I haven't crossed over that 50-50 barrier yep. yet, but I'm a lot closer to it than I was. I mean, I was I was way 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 on the other side of 50-50 um mm-hmm. before uh, you know, say before the bowl game. Um I was honestly a little bit surprised that he even played in the bowl game. So, um but you think about some of the things that could be impacting this decision. Tylen Wallace announces that he's that he's staying for his senior year. You look at, at everything else that's coming back on uh, on this offense and defense and what this team could be, mm-hmm. a team that could go in and, and with him, I think, compete for a Big 12 title. Probably without him could do that, but, but with him, definitely, uh, they're right in the mix. Um, and this is a guy that cares a lot about his teammates. Yes. He's a, he's a very unselfish player. Um, now this is a decision that requires some selfishness. Yeah. So it's hard to, it's hard to kind of weigh all that. I, I, I've also gotten to think too, that JK Dobbins is coming out. Um, I'm blanking on Wisconsin's running back's name right now. Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor. I was totally blanking. I don't know. It's been a while, I guess. Right. Um, those two guys are better draft prospects than Chuba. Yeah. Does that have an impact when he realizes He's in a pretty deep running back class, and running backs aren't taken high to begin with anymore right. in the NFL anyways. Yeah. So does that start to impact it? Like, those guys are NFL ready. Yeah. And not saying Chuba isn't, mm-hmm. but I don't know that he's that he's viewed that well by the scouts as yeah, those two. He, the, the fact that he sort of has emerged late, mm-hmm. you know, he's a younger guy. Um you know, there are a lot of factors I think that are that are working against him a little bit in uh, in terms of uh, his NFL situation. So, um, you know, the 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 tough thing about judging that though is like it's hard to say what what the NFL draft class next year is going to be. Yeah, you know, it could be uh, it could end up being just as deep, and and NFL teams aren't going to change their mm-hmm. philosophy. Uh, you know, really, between now and 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 a year from now, so it's so it's so hard to gauge that that it's uh, it's it's tough to say. But um, you know, if he's if he's unhappy with uh, with what his draft grade was, and he's looking at at these projections and and the guys that are out there, uh, it's entirely possible that he wants to come back and and, and prove himself uh, with an, with another season. I. I it's going to be hard, I think, to improve his stock a ton. Yeah, I mean, he's going to continue to get to get better, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I don't know. I don't know how much, you know, how much improvement to his stock he can uh, he can do after after the season that he had, where he went for nearly twenty one hundred yards. So it's going to be interesting. Um, I think it's uh, I think it's a it's a really tough situation to be in, uh, particularly for a guy like Chuba. Who we know, like I said, we know how unselfish he is, how team oriented mm-hmm. he is, how much he cares about his teammates, and um, to see what's on the table at Oklahoma State, and 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 all of those sorts of things. So, 
Um, it's going to be really interesting. I've said all along, I think he should go. I, I'll, I'll stand by that. I think he should. Um, you know, you, you got to, when you're, when you're a running back, you've got to, you've got to cash in that ticket when you have the opportunity, I believe. And I, uh, and I still, I still believe that. So, um, you know, we'll see, we'll see what, uh, what happens, what, uh, what type of, uh, what type of draft prospects he uh he's 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 hearing and 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 getting and those types of things i'm i've seen you know uh i've seen him projected anywhere from from sometime on the second day you know in the in the second or third rounds to uh fourth or fifth so that could be a frustrating thing for him mm-hmm. and really the fact of the matter is that Running backs just aren't first round guys anymore. No. They're just they're just not that valuable in the NFL at this at this stage mm-hmm. of the game because you can plug in a lot of running backs. Think about how many running backs there are in the league right now. Like I okay, I play fantasy football and I keep up with the NFL a decent amount. And I'm constantly hearing of guys yes. emerging as starters that yes. I've never You get heard a guy of. banged up and they're throwing these other guys out there yeah. for three weeks and you're like, who is this guy? I've never we're, heard like, of the Never guy. heard of him. And we cover college football and we're yeah. still like, we've never heard of this guy. Exactly. Exactly. So it's uh there's the the value in running backs just isn't there right now. And uh, it's just the uh, the nature of the game at this point. So that's gonna be a uh an interesting thing to watch. So um We'll see. We'll see what happens there. We'll move on to the uh, the offensive coordinator situation. Another one that could be uh, that could very well be answered today uh, on Friday. Todd Munkin is the uh, the big name out there. The mm-hmm. the uh, um, the big uh, the big. Uh, I can't think of the word I'm trying to think of. To, to I was trying to be big funny. Kahuna? The big Kahuna. There we go. He's mm. the big Kahuna. He's the white whale. The <laughs> yeah, white whale is where I was trying to yeah, go. There you go. The white whale. He's the white whale that is that is out there right now. Um, I think I, I I know that Oklahoma State fans are really excited about this guy, mm-hmm. and rightfully so. He's, yeah, he's a really good offensive coordinator uh, candidate. I mean, this is a guy that's been in the NFL. I know things didn't go well for him at Cleveland this year, but um, you know he's it's also uh, Cleveland. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so has anything really ever gone well in Cleveland? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, they uh, they cannot stand prosperity up there. So um, I uh, here, here's my here's my thing on Todd Munkin. Uh, I I, th- I think there's a very good chance that this uh, that this could happen. Uh, I, I feel more strongly right now than I than I have during the entire process. Even though I've still considered, I I thought there was a chance from the as soon as as soon as he tweeted a Canadian flag, I thought there was a chance that yes. that, that this was happening. Yes, because um, he's not he's not he's not tweeting a Canadian flag for the Browns to draft Chuba. He's yeah. not saying that you know, no. especially that he's le- he's left. But, right. I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> here was here was my favorite part about the fact that he t- tweeted a Canadian flag. I went and looked. To see what else Todd Munkin tweets about, he had one retweet in the calendar year of 2019. <laughs> his last individual personal tweet where he posted something of his own was in November of 2018. Wow! This, this dude does not spend a lot of time no, on Twitter. No, yet he took the took the time. He probably out had of his to day. rediscover his password. He probably, probably had to so, you know, yeah. reset it. Right? Ever get the the email confirmation <laughs> yeah. and everything? Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
so that was uh, that was fascinating to me. But um, here's what I'll say about Todd Munkin. I do not think Todd Munkin is a long-term offensive coordinator option. No. He's a guy that, that, that wants to be a, a, a head coach or in the NFL or both. Um, so he's and, – and you look at his career, he hasn't stayed anywhere long. Mm-hmm. Even when he was the head coach at Southern Miss, he was there three seasons and then he was off to the NFL. So um, he's not a, a, a long-term guy and that's just his, that's just his nature. Um, now, I think he's the only – possible option ahead of Casey Dunn in this in yes. this whole scenario. Yes. I I agree. Um they they convinced Casey to stay somehow. We don't know what that what that entails um whether it's a co-offensive coordinator. Right. You yeah. know, or he's getting it and we just have no idea, you know, there's right. another role for Munkin somewhere. Yeah. Or if Munkin's not even going to happen and Casey Dunn's just going to happen. And, yeah. and I mean, but somehow they convinced Casey Dunn to stay um, or his family convinced him to stay mm-hmm. something. Tylen Wallace begged him to stay. We don't right. know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but he's going to, he's going to have some sort of important role yeah. in whatever decision is made with the offensive coordinator. role. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I feel like Todd Munkin is the only guy that Casey would have stayed around to work under. Yeah. Because they, they go way back. Um, it's a guy that, that Casey has a lot of respect for. And, um, you know, I feel like that is the only way that, that Casey Dunn would have been uh, would have been willing to hang around, whether he was going to be the offensive coordinator or work for Todd Munkin. I don't, I don't see a, uh, a third option on the table right now at this point. So, so that, that leaves us, okay, if it's not Todd Munkin and it is Casey Dunn that's the offensive coordinator, now you've got a really crucial hire in that you've got to find a quarterback's coach mm-hmm. when you've got a ton of young talent to develop. So that becomes a, a hugely important situation if, if, if that's your situation. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean, I'm not even going to pretend to have any idea for who could step in a quarterback's, quarterback's coach. I mean, you've got a head coach that was a quarterback, but that's about, you right. know, I don't think yeah. Gundy's going to take on that extra role at this right. point in his career. But, um, yeah, that that becomes very important. I mean, you've got Shane Illingworth who just arrived on campus. You've got Spencer Sanders coming back, who showed, obviously, a lot of growth throughout yeah. the year. Um Gleason should get a lot of credit for that, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would be really interesting if Todd Munkin got a hold of Spencer Sanders. Yeah, yeah, it could be. Uh, it could be very fascinating. So, a lot of a uh, lot of of interesting ways this could go. But um, yeah, if if they're suddenly looking for a quarterback coach, uh, it could be that could be uh, that would be a uh, a monumental. Uh, shift for this uh, for this program because if you bring in the the right guy to uh, to lead um, you know the, these young quarterbacks that could uh, that could really change some things so it could be very interesting um, you know I know names like Zach Robinson have been mm-hmm. floated out um, you know he's out there with the Rams as the assistant quarterbacks coach but uh, you know he's a guy who did 
private coaching uh, on the side while working for Pro Football Focus as a, as an analytics guy, and uh, you put those two things together, and and that could be a uh, a really successful situation. Um, uh, you know, Bodie Reader was uh, was a guy who was a, a grad assistant during uh, the majority of of um, uh, Mason Rudolph's career. Um, you know, he was, uh, he was just, um, uh, you know, he was a guy that we thought might be a, an offensive coordinator candidate a year ago. So, uh, that could be a, a, a possible spot. JW Walsh, another one who's down at Abilene Christian coaching running mm-hmm. backs right now could, uh, could be somebody in the mix there. And, and there's obviously a ton of different directions that could go still at this point. Uh, I heard Brandon Whedon's name mentioned um, in 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 that capacity. I don't know if uh, I don't know that Gundy would necessarily go to somebody who hasn't coached at all. Yeah. I think Whedon is Whedon is highly respected, obviously talented. He's been around around a ton of good coaches. Yes, but and he's around the program a lot. Still. He is. He is. He's very involved with the program right now. So I shouldn't say very involved, but he is a, a, around. Um, doing a lot of TV stuff. Yeah, doing uh, some TV and radio stuff with them. So, um, you know, I just for your first head coaching or for your first coaching gig to be um, in that position, that would be a uh, that would be interesting. It, it it could work. I'm not saying it couldn't, but you you don't know if a guy can coach until he coaches. Yeah, and you know there there are some guys who are really good at what they do but can't communicate it to others and and teach them and lead them in that sort of way so it could be a very interesting situation I, anyway i want to get a little hypothetical what if we what, what if we get a matchup in the final week of the season of yursich versus munkin how fun would that be <laughs> that's that with with, with something on the line, yeah. especially, oh, yeah, that could be uh, that could be big time. That's huge. Thanksgiving weekend in Stillwater, yeah, that's that would be incredible. <laughs> that's that's uh, that's the extra uh, turkey leg for you that weekend or something there right there. That's yeah, that's a bonus turkey leg that that appears in Thanksgiving Day and um, just a quick side note. We need to take a break, but uh, um, Sam Ellinger came out and announced that he's staying at Texas. For his senior year, um, were you surprised at all that he announced that, or were you surprised that he felt he needed to announce that? Um, I think I was a little surprised he felt he needed to announce <laughs> I, it. I uh, had not heard any speculation it, it, it that he might be leaving. It didn't so. seem like he was leaving to me. I mean, it's not like he had that great of a year. Yeah, and to see that, I was like, oh, oh okay, he's staying. Cool. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, my, so it's like when it's like when some uh, pro athlete who's been out of the game for like three years yeah. <laughs> announces their retirement. Yeah, wait, like, a, wait a second. Really? Okay. okay. If you say okay. so. I'm, I'm looking real quick, too. My favorite part about it, too, was um, Colby Harvell Peel's response <laughs> to it. Um, it made me really laugh getting to know Colby a little bit. Oh, yeah. Because um, you know he's having fun with it. And if, if, uh, if For fans out there that are looking for an entertaining follow among players, he might he's be the, the best. best one. He's, he's probably the best. Yeah. Um, love it. 2020, going to be exciting in the Big 12. There's a little smack talk in there yeah. at the same time. Like, yeah. all right, cool. Like, yeah. bring it on kind of yes. type thing. Absolutely. And yeah, it was it was good. So it's uh that that made me really happy to see 
a little oh, fun yeah. there from Colby. Um, but yeah, no, I was uh, <laughs> I was I was more surprised that I'm watching a video of Sam Ellinger saying he's coming back. It's yes. like, oh, um, oh, okay, cool. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, just for the record, I'm going to go ahead and announce that I am uh, I am staying at the Oklahoma for. Uh, for for the current time being, yeah. Just I mean, in case, yeah. I mean, in case I'm supposed to announce that, I yeah. I, that's okay, how it that's, works. that's so. fair. I mean, I think I I think I'll join you as long right. as they'll have All me. Right. Yeah, so. exactly. All right, I tell you what, that was a uh, really long first segment. We need to take a break. This is the Cowboy Chronicles presented by Zaxby's. Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. We are back on the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's. All right, Jacob, let's. Uh, we, we've uh, we've addressed all the unknowns, and as we said, it's Friday morning. We might uh, we might know all these answers before anybody ever gets a chance to listen to this podcast. But let's talk about a little bit that we do know, so we can provide some actual value for this uh, for for our our, uh, our good uh, uh, loyal listening base. Um, regardless of the unknowns. You've got to be very excited about what this Oklahoma State team brings back if you're if you're a Cowboy fan, don't you? Oh yeah, I mean the defense is pretty much intact. Um, you lose AJ Green is the one starter you lose. You lose Mike Scott, um, a backup defensive end um, who played really well. Right, it's not like I mean he's a loss. Yeah. Um, the offense is coming back with Tylen Wallace, who mm-hmm. should be 100. percent I would assume by you know August. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much we'll see of him in the spring, but I think by August he'd be good to go. Yeah. Um, on the defensive end, they go back to that too. You gain Calvin Bundage likely, mm-hmm. um, as long as he can stay healthy. Um, we don't know how severe and how you know much that back injury is going to affect things right. for him. But yeah. um, you know, offense. Spencer Sanders had that year to grow. He's going to be healthy again. If you get Chuba, you've really got to be over the moon. Right. But I still think they're pretty good at running back. Yeah. They're they're good enough, I think, to be uh, to be impactful with what they've mm-hmm. got everywhere else. Because Spencer Sanders is going to, um, you know, he was taking that next step when he got hurt, and I think that he's going to continue to to progress. And um, you know, he's going to have an off season where he's the guy, and he's getting a lot more practice snaps. Mm-hmm. He's not sharing snaps with uh, with Drew Brown anymore. I think that's going to be important in practice. Um, all through spring, so I think that uh, you're going to see him. Uh, you're going to see him elevate his game, and, and not only that, he's still going to have guys pushing him mm-hmm. uh, because uh, you know Shane Illingworth ain't coming in here to sit around for three no. years. So that's a guy who's going to be coming coming out and and you know ready to to compete for the job. So um, that's going to uh, I think keep the fire burning there. Um, 
the 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 Josh Sills edition from West Virginia. That's huge. Uh, is a lot bigger than than people are are realizing. This is like this is getting a a, a borderline NFL talent who is an established player on your offensive line, most likely for two years. Yes. It sounds the way the way that that Josh Sills talks. He's very confident that that he will get that sixth year of eligibility. Um, it's just, uh, you know, I mean, it's a it's a a four star recruit who's already who's already played and yeah. and played you know, a lot. Yeah, I, it's uh, it's really hard to uh, to explain just how valuable that is. And then you add on the defensive side what Colin Clay could bring, whether mm-hmm. it's this year or next year. Uh, that could be. A uh, another huge addition. I know. I know. Gundy takes a, a, a lot of crap for not, not uh, you know, for not signing enough four star guys. But those two additions off of the transfer portal, and you look at what he's done off of the portal in general uh, over the years. Or it wasn't the portal back then, but through the grad transfer market, he's almost always found guys who have come in and been successful. And uh, and been impact guys, so um, there are a lot of a uh, lot of really important additions that he's made, and those two right there are uh, are are huge and have a chance to be really major impact moves that uh, that Oklahoma State has made. Whether it's for this year, Sills obviously as a grad transfer is is immediately eligible. Clay, uh, you know, we'll have to. Uh, We'll have to see what he can do in terms of uh, getting an NCAA waiver mm-hmm. to get eligible, but the entire Arkansas staff is gone. It's not. Uh, it's not unheard of that a guy in his yeah. situation could get an uh, immediate eligibility. I mean, it's just like Israel Antoine. Yeah, exactly. Essentially, last year he transferred from Colorado after his coach left, and and so and he was able to, uh, you know, get that uh, waiver and was able to play this season and made a big impact. Now, Colin. He's another kid. I mean, I cover you covered you and I both covered Israel Antoine in high school, but right. you know, I covered Colin a lot mm-hmm. the last two years of his career, right. um, where he really kind of exploded on the scene at Putnam City. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a long, physical, pretty quick mm-hmm. defensive lineman. Yeah. Um, you know, I shared the story on Twitter when he committed. Like his dad is a massive man too. Right. Yeah. He's a seven foot. Christian rapper slash preacher. Yeah. Um, they call Big Rob, and it's no joke that he's Big Rob. I mean, he's yeah. a massive man. Um, nice family. Um, Colin's got a really good motor. Mm-hmm. You know, I always like to use that term. He just goes and goes and goes. I've seen him play through high ankle sprains. I've seen him play through double and triple teams yeah. his senior year when uh, the Putnam City was not very good around him. Mm-hmm. And so he, he was the guy, and he got – treated like the guy by opponents yeah and you know whereas junior year he was still the guy but they also had ron tatum who ended up signing with ou Mm -hmm. on the defensive line so those two were together um but i was always more impressed with colin than i was ron and um osu was the runner-up initially so this is a big get for the cowboys to have him kind of fall back in their lap yeah whether he plays uh excuse me whether he plays in 2020 or not um, you know they've got three years with this guy, six five two eighty five. Played as a true freshman at Arkansas in the SEC, so he's battle tested. Um, a really, uh, really valuable addition 
on uh, on this uh, on this defensive line that has uh, has really made huge strides and um, you know they're adding Tyron Irby at that other defensive end spot to kind of fill the the Mike Scott role mm-hmm. um, so they've got uh, they've got nearly everybody back and they're adding additional depth uh, you know uh, even both now and for the future so I'm, in a uh, really good situation back to the high school be a little bit I'm feeling pretty good as a high school writer and saying that three OSU guys I thought were going to make impacts. I didn't I mean they all didn't sign the OSU initially, mm-hmm. but Trace Ford, Israel Antoine, Colin Clay were mm-hmm. all guys I was saying these guys are going to make significant impact right. at the college level. Yeah. And they're all now all of a sudden in Stillwater. That's yeah. kind of cool. It is. All three defensive linemen who played as true freshmen, yes. which is very rare. Yes, exactly. Um and you mix in Jason Taylor, a Carl Albert who, you know, Jason uh, mm-hmm. started the bowl game and played really well. Yeah, I thought, and that's a good sign too for a secondary that brings yeah. all everyone back too. Is you got a backup safety like Jason who, who really could probably push for a starting spot, you know, in the right situation right next year. Um, Brock Martin's made an impact. Malcolm mm-hmm. Rodriguez. This is an Oklahoma defense yeah. all of a sudden. Yeah, it is. It really is. I uh, you know I wrote um, for those that uh, that haven't been uh, following. Uh, all that closely i've been uh, i've been doing a position by position breakdown uh for the paper uh looking at uh, at the projected depth chart at each at each uh, at each position and uh trying to figure out you know what exactly oklahoma state might do you know you got colby harvell peel who's coming off of a uh, of a torn acl in bedlam you know you get to next year and maybe you're uh, maybe you're not running him out there quite as much maybe you're you're trying to protect him a little bit or at least mixing some mixing mm-hmm. some things up a little bit more often and uh, after you've now that you've seen what jason taylor can do um in uh, in those situations to try to um you know get him more involved the 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 really interesting position though is going to be to see what they do at aj green spot because yeah. there's no clear starter in that in that role Thomas Harper is the uh, the the guy who's back. Now they let's I'll say this: they got really thin, really fast at corner with mm-hmm. the three the three seniors who left, and then you had two guys who uh, went out on the uh, transfer portal. Two young guys. Um, I had to I had to go search in the roster just to figure out who <laughs> might be Rodarius Williams' backup. Um and. I uh, I speculated in in my story that Tanner McAllister might get a look at AJ mm-hmm. Green's spot because he was a corner when he initially came in yeah. last season. Then they transitioned him to safety and uh, sort of put him in that that uh, that sixth defensive back role, which he's done really well in. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so I think he's a guy that could get a look in in that spot. It's going to be very interesting to see how that goes. You know what what Thomas Harper showed them. I mean, obviously he showed them something mm-hmm. to, to put him on the field as much as they did as a, uh, and, and go ahead and burn his, his, uh, uh, you know, go ahead and play him as a true freshman. But, um, you know, are they ready to put him out there and let him be, you know, yeah. one of, you know, the, one of the guys at corner. Got a couple guys that redshirted this year, right? You've got, um, uh, the Booker T kid. 
Oh, uh, right. DeMarco Jones. DeMarco Jones. Yeah. I was saying DJ in my head, but right, he, it right. was DJ yeah. in high school. He, now high it's school DeMarco it again. He's throwing me off. Um, you know, he got to play some. I think he's a guy right. that Gundy's pretty high on. Yeah. Um, he's a possibility. Um, right. Yeah. The other one that, that, you know, that they had been high on was Xavier Player, and he yeah. obviously left for the transfer portal. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. And then you've got uh, what three of the four defensive backs that they're bringing in are, are corners. So, mm-hmm. Um, now I wouldn't expect one of those guys to come and win the job, but uh, at least you're, you're adding some some depth back, you know, yeah. filling some spots there. So I, I kind of expected them to add someone from the portal at that corner. It's, it's absolutely possible that could be somewhere that they uh, yeah. that they look down the line and uh, see who's out there, and um, you know things things always change after spring ball again, mm-hmm. and different names pop up and uh, and become available. So and more guys leave so you never know who's gonna who's gonna leave and uh, and and leave you looking for a spot to fill so we'll see we'll see what happens there and uh, and how that uh, how that all transpires but tell you what let's take a break come back talk a little uh, men's basketball before we shut it down here on the cowboy chronicles presented by zaxby's Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. We are back on the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's. I am your host, Scott Wright, joined by Jacob Unruh, who is also our men's basketball beat writer. And so we want to talk a little hoops right now. Jacob, an important moment in the uh, kind of the arc of the season right now after, uh, after uh, yeah. being 0-2 in Big 12 play. Right now, Cowboys. everyone feels like the sky is falling except people at OSU. Right. Um an zero and two start was not, I think, not what a lot of people pictured, but I think that's because the expectations for this program. Because you right. start with def- defending Big Twelve champion, national runner-up Texas Tech out on the road, and then you you have a really poor performance there. Then you play better against West Virginia, but you still your offense falls apart right. even more than it has. Um, against number you know number seventeen team in the nation, uh, it looks bad right now. Um, if they win tomorrow at TCU, mm-hmm. you've got to feel better. You really right. do because it's like okay, they beat TCU, a team that's already two and zero in Big Twelve play. Um, they got Texas on Wednesday, um, a team who's very beatable as well. Um, you know, all of a sudden you're two and two going into Baylor or going to hosting right. Baylor next right. Saturday. Um, they're not in bad shape. Um, as I was just saying off the air, this is the fourth straight year they've started 0 2 in Big 12 play. Right. Uh, two of the three, three previous years they've made the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Um, this is not sky is falling. Mm-hmm. Woe is me. We're done. Um, kind of attitude coming from OSU right now. I mean, this is the Big 12. I mean, this right. is one of the better conferences in the country for basketball. Yeah. And, it's going to be a dogfight. Um, I think in the end, OSU is still going to be fine. I'm thinking they're going to be fifth or sixth in the conference. Yeah. I still think that. And it it seemed like once Isaac Likely got 
sick and had to deal mm-hmm. with his illness and was out for an extended period of time. It it just sort of threw things out of rhythm and and they haven't been able to fully capture it and get back to yeah. to where they were and get and get and get comfortable again. And and that's the thing. And, and I wrote this early in the season. And I'm really glad I did. Now Isaac likely makes OSU go. How he goes is how they go. Right. If he's playing really well, they're gonna just be dominant yeah. because he's unstoppable when he's playing really well for the most part. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't played well these two games. Right. He's came out and he scored uh, what he's like two for ten shooting. I think. Um, you know, he's missed three of nine at the free throw line, which mm-hmm. is really uncommon for him. Yeah. Um, he's had ten turnovers. He had eight against West Virginia the other night. Um, he's just not in that rhythm that he was the first seven games of the season where he could pretty much do no wrong. Right. And if he can get that back, even close to that, and I think he feels like he's getting better every every game, um, then OSU's gonna be fine. You gotta keep your A on the floor too. That's you know, people don't I don't know if it's it's easy to say, well he's getting in foul trouble stuff. Your feeds off of ice. Mm-hmm. And without him in the game you know, that month, it really hurt your a lot. Yeah. And then now your ice still isn't playing well and yours right. not playing well. If, if, if ice plays well, your tends to kind of follow suit. Yeah. And so I think there's, it's, it's all, it all starts with, with Isaac likely. It's kind of crazy to think that it starts with this one guy, mm-hmm. but it really does because Lindy's going to score. Cam McGriff's going to rebound and get some baskets. If the was in the lineup, he's going to hit some threes. Um, they're going to play really good defense as a team. You just need that guy to kind of make the offense go. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, uh, that's what I think, you know, they have, they have the evidence of what they can be. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think that, you know, the, um, the, 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 the panic is, is a little, uh, uh, um, uh, too, it's uh, too early to, to yeah. panic this way at this point because I think that this team is going to uh, uh, kind of right the ship and and get back to the way they were playing uh, earlier in the non conference season when they were uh, when they were looking like a uh, a really solid basketball. And, and I thought they were closer Monday night against West Virginia than people realized because yeah. the shooting just the poor shooting just right. overshadowed everything they did well yeah. the other night. Um, but they had the energy, they had the defense, mm-hmm. um, they had everything right. Just they had a lid on the bucket. I mean, they literally couldn't make a shot. Right, and it was that was disheartening for I think at first for a team that finally felt like they captured some of that November right. magic a little bit because they held a really good West Virginia team to fifty five points. Yeah, they held them below forty percent shooting. They ma- they were only. You know they matched them in rebounding, and West Virginia is one of the best rebounding teams in the country. And mm-hmm. they were four behind on that. Um, they got physical with them. They battled. They did everything right except make shots. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have nights like that. And it didn't help that Dezagua wasn't in the lineup. Right. Um, but I think that they took a lot of positives from this. Like they're moving in the right direction. It was a much better effort than they gave at Texas Tech. Yeah. Um, when they got just ran out of the gym. Right. And. I don't expect that to happen again um, for a little while. Uh, I'm not going to say Baylor and Kansas aren't going to run them out of the gym, um, but um, I think they're going to at least compete and they're going to win a lot of these games. Yeah. Um, looking at uh, at, at kind of what's what's coming up, you mentioned TCU. Is this is this kind of a uh, of a, a a crucial moment to uh, to kind of show that they can 
put things back in the right uh, the right perspective. I think so. Um, TCU's a team that's kind of gotten by right now in the Big mm-hmm. Twelve. They've won uh, they they won an overtime after a half court buzzer beater to force overtime. Uh, they won on a tip in uh, the other night. Um, they beat I think Kansas State and Iowa State. I don't remember what order now. Um, but so they, they they've been beating the teams that they should you know that. Mm-hmm. Those three kind of are all similar teams there. Right, yeah. OSU's in a different level than those three, I think, right now. They should go in and win. Now, TCU's a really good three-point shooting team. Um, it's going to make things interesting. OSU's defended the three really well this yeah. season, though. That's been one really strong aspect of their defense. And, you know, so it's going to be big for them to go in there. They've got to – they've got to – if they go to 0-3, then I think you start to really kind of wonder about things a little bit. Um but I just think this team has enough experience, has enough skill. You got young guys coming along like Avery Anderson and, and Caleb Boone even showed a lot of promise the other night. Um, I think they're going to be fine. Yeah. Yep. I'm with you. Um, I was uh, I was double checking to uh, to make sure that there was no other uh, breaking news while we uh, while yeah. we were on here uh, as far as the the two big things we addressed. Uh, there was not, but uh, 247 Sports, 247 Sports, 247 Sports. I don't know what their name is. I, uh, um, I've always been confused by that. Um, anyway, they are reporting that uh, former uh, Douglas quarterback uh, and Oklahoma State wide receiver Patrick McCoffman has entered the transfer portal. Really? Uh, yeah. So, uh, um, you know, I, uh, I knew there was some frustration on uh, on his side of things in yeah. terms of uh his usage this year um so um not uh i wasn't expecting that but i'm not necessarily surprised right. by it so that'll be uh that'll be interesting um i would think there's a good chance that uh that he has graduated by now and and could be immediately eligible somewhere that makes sense he's um, been in college for a long time yeah, now yeah <laughs> yeah he's uh he would be a fifth year senior was he a, was he a senior of the year at Douglas that they had all the Locust Grove issues? Uh, let me think. He was on the team. He was definitely the quarterback. He was the quarterback who threw the pass on the yeah. controversial touchdown. Um, let me think. 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. No, he would have been a junior that year. Okay. Um, but, yeah, he was uh, he was the quarterback who uh, who threw the pass. He became sort of one of the faces of, uh, of that as, in the media as, as, as Douglas mm-hmm. was going through all of that stuff. Um, and I'll, and I'll, uh, I'll add this on Patrick McCoffman. I think there's a possibility he gets a sixth year if he, uh, if he should want it. So if he's leaving as a grad transfer, he could be a guy that has two years it's left. That's true. Uh, he had that torn ACL last year. I think there's a very good chance he gets a, a sixth year of eligibility if he uh, should uh, choose to pursue it. Um, you know, as a guy who I've, I've known the kid since he was a, a freshman in high school, I met him the summer before his freshman year of high school. Um, so I, uh, I, you know, I've, I've got a personal relationship with him and, and, and I know his father and, um, you know, so for me personally, the opportunity to cover him was a cool thing. Yeah. I, so I kind of, I kind of hate to hear that uh, that he'll be leaving. But uh, uh, you know, kids got to do what's what's best for them. You know, at six six and two hundred pounds, very athletic. He's a guy that uh, that I think could go be an impact player somewhere. So we'll uh, we'll see where he lands and uh, and and what happens from there. So. 
there's the uh, the first bit of breaking news for the day, and it yeah. uh, it might only get bigger from here. So we'll see uh, we'll see how the rest of the day goes, and uh, we'll be back at you with another edition of the Cowboy Chronicles uh, podcast to uh, to discuss it all at uh, at some point once we uh, once we see what the heck is all going down. As always, the Cowboy Chronicles is brought to you by Zaxby's. Satisfy your craving for hand-breaded chicken fresh-made salads. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast.